Hey y'all, this is Brian Potter and I am a Shelly Spears and welcome to the Space of Grace podcast. This podcast is for everyday people like us, regardless of sex, age, and background. To make room for people to encounter God's grace throughout their lives. So come into our space where we welcome real conversations. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Space of Grace. We are so excited, guys. We have an amazing guest with a powerful testimony and journey, which has led her to where she is today. But before we introduce our special guest, my name is Briah Potter, one of the founders. And I'm Shelly Spears, the other founder. Um, And it's so good to have you guys tune in with us today. And so today we have Stephanie Mears, and um, she is... I'm excited because she's just beautiful inside and out. Amen. Absolutely breathtaking (laughs) inside and out. Um, She's a published author, a motivational speaker, a radio show, and podcaster. Um, She has worked with... um, with Desert Capital Management Group as a vice president since 2014. Stephanie has a BA in business management and an MBA in business administration from the University of Phoenix. She has been a professional in marketing for over 15 years. So she has her experience, y'all. She knows her stuff. Uh, She received the company's top performer award for her commitment to excellence and outstanding performance. Um, As a published author of Women of Perfection, Perfectly Imperfect, she talks about how in today's society, women are expected to be perfect with Pinterest and social media, but the reality is we are killing ourselves with the need of obtaining this perfection. In the book, it speaks to what is the cause of this need of perfection and how we can overcome these boundaries and fears to become who we dream to be. So as a speaker, she speaks to women and men about breaking out of these fears and boundaries and achieve their goals. Stephanie has a radio talk show on Sacramento's Money 105.5, as well as a podcast, Empower Hour, on Spotify. So tune in. Stephanie is co-founder of Empower Hour Women's Networking Group and helps women and children off of the streets. So please welcome Stephanie Mears. Yay. Thank you so much for having me, ladies. I'm super excited. Well, we are so excited and blessed to have you. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, you know, of course, we just introed you. Shelly did so so beautifully. All that you have accomplished, which is even more beautiful. But we'd love for you, Stephanie, to share with our listeners what you'd love for them to know about you and your journey and what brought the desire to develop such successful programs for people to achieve success in every aspect of their lives. So take us through your journey and your testimony and, and how you got to today. Yeah. So, um, so I'll go ahead and start kind of from the start here because, you know, my start of my life was quite difficult in comparison to what uh, most people would assume. When I people see me now, they assume, oh, wow, she was, you know, a silver spoon kind of girl. Um means that, you know, I was hand fed Mm. everything and everything was super easy. But the reality is, is, you know, looks can always be uh, deceiving in a good way and a bad way. And in this aspect, I'm thankful that people think that because that means I'm heading in a good direction. (laughs) So, (laughs) Um, so as a child, I was, um, I actually lived on the streets with my mother. Um, and, uh, she was a drug addict and both actually both my parents were my, my dad was too. 
And my mother's drug of choice was heroin and my father's was uh, more crack um, than anything in mm. alcohol. Uh, I was as, as early, mm. my earliest and very first memory was uh, when I was two years old and my father was throwing me across the room. And that was the very memory that I can remember. Mm. Um, and so, you know, everything from physical to sexual to uh, mental abuse was very predominant in my early years. And so when I was six, between the ages of four to uh, five to seven ish, mm. where when it got to be the hardest, because abuse and all these other things were pretty bad, but it got a lot worse when my mother got really mm. into drugs and chose to really um get into a lifestyle that was so um so dysfunctional that it was a point where an eight-year-old me had to say you know what this is not the life that I want or want to be anywhere near so when we lived on the streets we would live anywhere from with drug dealers to sex traffickers to um living next to a dumpster eating out of the dumpster um you know we we uh, would barely yeah. make it to school most times. I would try really hard to get us to school as often as possible. I'm talking about me and my sister. I, had a, I have a younger sister. And luckily enough, she can't remember a whole lot, which I'm very yeah. thankful for. Uh, but we had everything wow. from, you know, head lice 37 times or something when we were young to, you know, having just no food on the table consistently. Um, we had dirty clothes all the time. So I got made fun of a lot in school. But I was really thankful because at eight years old, I decided that I didn't want, well, it was like seven and a half, eight years old. I decided I didn't want this life. I didn't want this. Uh, I didn't want this lifestyle anymore. And so I called my my grandmother. My mom had left us next to a dumpster and with a friends for a couple months. And I was tired of trying to figure things out on my own at seven years old. So I called my and said, you know, Grandma, I don't, I don't want to, to be in this lifestyle. I actually, I think I had just watched a Hallmark movie or something at school, and it was all about how awesome everything looked and how there was actual family around and all this different stuff. And I was like, you know what, this is this the life I'm living in is mm. just not normal. And so I called my grandmother. She um, then came and picked us up. My mom, luckily enough, that happened because my mom didn't come back for months, um, and uh, my father had been yeah. out of the picture for a very long time. And so what was really great is I ended up um, getting a, uh, I ended up testifying against my mother in court at eight years old and, um, because of all wow. the things she was doing. Um, she was keeping us around so that way she could still get wow. welfare, a higher amount. Um, so she was fighting us for it, um, fighting us, fighting my um, grandma for it. And um, when I was eight, yeah, I testified in court against my mom, which you know, as an adult, I'm thinking, gosh, I would hate to do that as an adult. But at eight years old, I was like, nope, this isn't right. Let's move wow. forward. So, yeah. So it's amazing how, you know, one decision can really change your life. One decision can really make a difference in, in every way possible. And so, and since then, I, I, yeah. I was then adopted by my aunt and uncle. And, um, and it's amazing because I've kind of built and we've really developed a family unit of tons of people, which I consider family that aren't even actually biological family. Um, and it's amazing because that decision has also changed my life so massively that, that, you know, mm. of course there would have to be decision. There was decision. There was decisions each and every time, each and every day, every, each and every month that had me in that direction. But that one decision changed everything fast. So for me, being unstuck mm -hmm. um, is really a, 
a, a massive choice each and every person has mm, to make. And so as a child, I obviously came from a really rough childhood and I came from a mass amount of fear and um, anger and frustrations and just everything that could happen um, that did that, not everything, but a lot of bad things that could have happened to a child did happen to me, unfortunately. And so I look back at those things as not mm-hmm. being angry with what my mom put me through or what people did to me, but rather what I don't want, what I don't want other people to deal with. And that is fueling me to be a better person to really make a difference in this world. Mm. So powerful. Wow. So powerful. And so deep. Um, I work with uh, trauma, traumatized children um, every day. And so listening to your story, all I can think about is all my little babies (laughs) um, who have to, who battle between, um, like you said, kind of being stuck and being unstuck almost every day. Um, the choices that we make are so, they're so, they're just so detrimental almost to our lives. Like either one, one thought process can turn into, um, a decision that either will kind of come to the end of yourself, um, or lift yourself up. Exactly. And, you know, it's also um, really nice about life is that, you know, you can make that decision and screw up completely and utterly with that decision and then turn it around, pivot yeah. whatever you need to pivot and make it to where it's going to be a positive experience for you in the long run. Because life is all about the choice. Life is all about making the right choices. And if you're, if you screw up once in a while, that's fine. If you screw up every single day, that's fine. Just choose to pivot however you can to continue to improve. Because if you're improving each morning, each day, each hour, and you're improving each day, mm-hmm. that eventually choose, turns mm-hmm. into a week of improvement, Come that on. turns into a month of improvement, that then turns into a year of improvement. And all that does is make you more that's successful so in the end. So good. And yeah. I just, I, I mean, I just love how yeah. far you have come. I think it's just a testament to, to what God can do um, in, in our lives, even when the enemy sought out doing things in our life to tear us down and to destroy us. As John chapter 10, verses 10 says, the enemy comes to still kill and destroy, but Jesus came to give us a life full of satisfaction or other translation says satisfying life. And so the enemy really tried to take you out early, Stephanie, but because God had great plans for you, he knew it. Um, but I just am so thankful that uh, here you are today as a beautiful woman of God uh, who used her pain uh, to perpetuate her purpose and to carry out God's will for you. And now you are a great blessing onto others Absolutely. and you're a, a kingdom builder and shaker. And that's just beautiful to watch. And I am just honored to be uh, connected to you. And, you know, you share your story so vulnerably, but so powerfully. So thank you for sharing that, Stephanie. Of course. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, we see that you love to help others become unstuck um, in their personal, financial and professional lives. And um, I just wanted to know, you know, specifically, like where in your journey did you notice that you were stuck um, and yeah. how did you overcome and just kind of like, why is it important to help others uh, to become unstuck? 
Absolutely. So uh, the initial one was definitely the first time I remember feeling stuck was when I when I made that choice to no longer be stuck um, when I when I was living on the streets um, or with drug dealers. And so I remember that being my very first time of feeling very stuck and, and then finding a way to get unstuck. And since yeah. then, of course, there's been situations where I feel very stuck or felt very stuck and had to figure out a way to to get unstuck. And it's all about you know, it's all about resourcefulness. If you can be resourceful, you can achieve anything you set your mind to. And so for Mm -hmm. me becoming, um, when I, whenever I would get stuck and there's been so many situations where I was stuck in fear, I'm going to tell a fun fun, uh, story about being stuck in fear. Okay. Because this one is, it's very, um, important to me. Come on. Yeah. Due to all of the childhood issues that I had, (laughs) that came from all of the trauma I was put through before I was eight years old. I was massively, um, massively fearful. I mean, of everything. I was scared of going up on a ladder because I was so afraid of heights. I was afraid of flying in a plane. I would laugh hysterically. And I'm not joking. As an adult, I would laugh hysterically on a plane and get the entire plane either laughing at me or laughing with me, I'm not really sure, but um, laughing usually at me, probably. Um, but I was, it was a fear, it was a reaction. Yeah. Scared, and I had so many fears that were pushing me back and holding me back from being my true self. And so, my mentor eight years ago told me to write down all of my fears, and I did. And so, as I was writing them down, I was in complete and utter awe of how many fears I truly had. I really didn't know it until I had written down all of them. And he had told me, he said, you know what? You are stuck in fear so much you refuse to live your life. And I said, there's no way that's the case. But after reading and seeing how many fears I had, it was true. So Mm -hmm. I remember him straight up telling me in the most loving way that I had to face the fears head on. And so instead of holding myself back any further, I decided that I didn't want to be stuck in fear. And so what we did is we actually went skydiving because my first two fears were flying and heights. So we went skydiving as a, um, as actually as a work uh, ordeal and we went uh, skydiving at 9,000 feet. And I remember Considering how fearful I was of even getting onto a stepladder, going up in a plane with no door was probably one of the scariest things. Oh, in my. oh my gosh. Absolutely. And I, was, I was attached to this, this gentleman who was, gosh, at least twice, if not bigger than me. Like he's tw- two times bigger than me, if not bigger. And I couldn't mm-hmm. even stood up. I couldn't even touch the floor. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> in tandems because I didn't know what I was doing and I sure in the heck couldn't be in a right mind frame to pull my own strings. So we went tandem. And I remember oh, we going up and seeing no door on this plane as we were rising and rising and rising and going higher. The fear was so massive inside of my gut, inside of my head, inside of everything. I started really questioning, should I be doing this? Should I be doing this? Oh my gosh, what if I die? Oh my gosh, I just started freaking out. And right. it's funny because I remember God being like, you know, it'll be okay. And I was like, okay, God, like if you say so, still freaking out, trying really hard to listen to that <laughs> Mm-hmm. And um, and as we stepped up to to the the door with no door, <laughs> my goodness! Um, I remember saying, "Gosh, you know, I don't know if I want to do this to him." And he pushed us out, and it was 
one of the coolest experiences of my life because we went out, we did flips in the air. We watched the ground um, here in Sacramento. They have, we have beautiful, like lots of lands because there's a lot of farming here. So everything was so beautiful as you're falling, you know, however miles per hour, I mean, a lot really, really mm. fast down to the ground. And I remember just thinking, okay, once I get to the ground, if I didn't die from this God, uh, nothing's going to stop me. <laughs> Wow. wow. Yes. As I, as I got to the ground and fell on my butt. Oh my gosh. I remember thinking, okay, God, I see, I see what you're saying. I get it. I see mm. what, those fears and how I was so stuck and the fear uh, mm. caused and, and how I wasn't able to really grow to the potential that I knew I had and that he had put in me. And it's amazing. Mm. In the last eight, uh, eight years and the last seven years, I've achieved more yeah. than in my entire lifetime because the mm. fear no longer holds me back. And if I see a fear, I know I need to head it straight on. And so becoming stuck is so easy to do. And, and that could be subconsciously, consciously, however, however that may be. It could be physically. But it's, it's time for you to see where you're stuck and see what is causing you to be stuck and then facing it head on, however that may look for you. It may not be jumping out of a plane. <laughs> it could be just you know, going and seeing a therapist to help you with your fears. It could be um, you know, a, a mass awakening, awakening of your fear and, and really yeah. breaking it down into a plan because fear really is just a lack of control. If you have a lack of control mm. then you, and you feel like you're not really sure what to do, you're going to have more fear than if you feel that you have, a, have control. So if you have a plan in place, you're less likely to be in fear. Wow. Come That's on. That's good. That's good. Whoa. You speaking to me, Stephanie. You speaking to me, Stephanie. <laughs> oh my gosh. I say that because, oh, I have had an area of my life that I struggle to give God control over. Mm. <clears throat> and as a result, I just have a lot of fear. Like I have a lack of faith in that area. Mm-hmm. And it's so unfortunate because, I mean, I, I want to have faith and hope in God that his plans will come through in that one area of my life. But it's really hard to give that control over because of pain and rejection and whatever hurts that I've faced in the past yeah, yeah. and just seeing like feeling God wasn't coming through. Um, and so you just spoke to me because, yo, like if I am able to just really relinquish that control over to God, yeah. there will be no fear. There'll right. be no fear because there's no fear in the Lord. He has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And as Shelly knows, she's been walking with me through this journey. And every day is like literally a testing of my faith. Like, are you going to give God control today? Or are you going to hold on to it and walk in fear? Like, which one are you going to do? Walk in freedom and in the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind or walk in the spirit of fear? Which one are you going to do? You know? And mm. so... I just, mm, I thank you for that. <laughs> uh, that's powerful. I think people need to hear dynamic uh, messages like that. Um, that may seem so simple at the surface, but they're so deep because it really can yeah. transform your mindset that can lead to change in behavior because we know that our thoughts lead, you know, lead our behaviors and so forth in a continuous cycle. And the enemy loves to play with our minds. Um, 
you know, our minds are a battlefield and, and our thoughts and our perspectives really can go about, you know, leading us to change and growth or having a hindrance to us. So I think that was just so good, Stephanie. (laughs) Oh, thanks. I I definitely feel like fear is something that's so predominant right now. And, you know, yeah, we definitely want to give our fears to God. It's really hard to do. It's really, really hard to do. But I know personally, if I, if I, have a mass fear, which I like, again, I had a lot. I know with a lot of the fears that I had, I had to give them to God, but more than anything, I just asked God and said, Hey, what do I need to, what do I need to do to get rid of this fear? What do I mm-hmm. put into place to where this fear is not going to be so predominant in my head all the time. And right. what was really great is he would give me a plan of how to get rid of that fear instead of just trying to ignore the fear. Mm-hmm. Ignore the fear. Mm. when we (laughs) ignore the fear we make it you know whoa this is so good because here I see what you're saying Stephanie it's just like you can't ignore um let's say a deep wound right you can't ignore it because it's just going to continue to get infected and uh (laughs) as it's you know unseen and untouched and taken care of and it will get worse so same when it comes to matters of the heart we can't continue to walk out um, you know, any of that fear or unhealing. Right. Because if we do, then we're going to just be sick. <laughs> so if we yeah. ignore it, we're going to just grow more sick. And uh, God wants us to be in a place of healing and to receive yeah. healing. And so we have to put our big boy and girl panties on, you know, and be willing to face it head on. And it's yeah. not easy because I'll, I'll share from my own experiences, guys, our listeners. It has not been easy. This is probably one of the most difficult things that I've had to do is really relinquish control over to the Lord and, and walk fully in trust mm-hmm. in this area of my life. And so, wow. So dynamic, Stephanie. So dynamic. (laughs) I feel like it's like if we can press on from, it feels hard to, but it will be worth it. Um, I feel like could be almost like a a push, a motivator, a catalyst to keep going. Because sometimes I think we just get so overwhelmed by how we feel. Um, that it is definitely hard to to move forward, not saying that, oh, it's easy to shut down feelings because it's not, mm-hmm. um, absolutely not, <laughs> but um, but it's worth it. Um, it's, it's, it's our perspective when it comes to when things feel hard, um, when it's, when we have to make those painful decisions. Um, and then sometimes, especially when it comes to fear, sometimes our emotions are actually deceiving. Um, because for fear, it's, it's, it's not what it is. Um, what we think is happening is not reality when it comes to fear, because fear kind of blows those emotions out of proportion. And I just feel like, you know, our God is so good to be gracious enough um, with us to shine a light, I feel like, on our fears, Um, whether that is relational, whether that is when it comes to trust, um, just to show that there is more strength in us um, than we think there is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's always strength in the Lord, no matter what. And so if we yes. call from the Lord and bring him his strength, then you're going to be the strongest person on this earth. Yeah. 
Amen. So good. So good. So, you know, kind of segueing into another question, you know, we've noticed that you have a lot of experience with dealing with perfectionism. Can you share with our listeners what really is perfectionism? Why is it a problem? And can perfectionism ever be beneficial? Okay, those are really great questions. And yes, I have massively... I've massively struggled with perfectionism because typically perfectionism is caused by a root issue or a root, uh, what a lot of people call a core value, a core belief. Um, it usually mm-hmm. from a core belief of, of, of um, uh, or yes. So it's a core belief of not having mm-hmm. um, uh, enough uh basically not enough uh, ability to, um, why can't the words come to me for a moment? I'm so sorry. So basically it's a core. Oh my goodness. Okay. So the core beliefs are usually caused from a a childhood issue. Typically speaking, core beliefs, core values that are negative can come from a childhood issue. Typically speaking. Okay. Perfectionism typically Mm -hmm. a, a, a situation where if you had a rough childhood, like I did, or if you had a, a a childhood that was unstable or wasn't consistent, typically people will come from childhoods like that and then become perfectionisms because it's perfectionists. Because what that is, is a perfectionist is really just somebody who likes to control every aspect of their life. And so I, and I, I'm, I mean, I am massive to the point where um, perfectionism has taken me to the hospital because I wanted everything to be perfect all the time. And every person has, um, different views of what perfection is okay so there's not there's not one specific you know well my life is perfect because I have this this and this well somebody might think that's not what I would consider perfect you know (laughs) so perfectionism is all about what that mindset is of that person what I'm trying to what I'm thinking is is you know honestly that version of perfection and here's what the definition of perfection perfectionism is okay the quality or state Mm -hmm. of being perfect such as freedom from fault or defect flawlessness maturity the quality or state of being saintly saintly okay Mm. so Mm. even if i say gosh you know everything seems pretty perfect right now because I am a perfectionist, therefore my house has to be clean all the time. My car has to be clean all the time. My office has to be perfectly like organized all the time. You know, when you have kids, I'm just saying it's pretty much impossible. Perfect, you know, and even if I'm like, oh, if I even look pretty right. today. Okay, by the end of the day, my makeup does not look good. My hair is usually not looking so great either because I put it up usually. And you know, perfectionism mm. is all about how can we take control and and really um, elevate ourselves to this level that we see in our own minds, our own blueprints, as Tony Robbins would say. Mm-hmm. And so what I have noticed in this perfectionism, I want to call it perfectionism game, is that nobody is perfect. Nobody is ever going to be perfect. Even if you look like everything's perfect on the outside, the reality is there's so, still something going on in the inside that it makes it to where that person's not yeah. And so instead of trying to obtain this version of perfectionism and perfection, perfection, the reality is, is if you, if you just head in a positive direction each and every single day and not have to be to the level of perfection and accept not having to be perfect, you're going to be so much less stressed out 
all the time. And so much, you're going to be so much happier because perfectionism, perfectionism is completely unrealistic. So as a person who has children, who knows that perfectionism is completely and utterly impossible, I realized mm-hmm. over the mm-hmm. years Come on. that God will make us what we need to be and we'll continue to move in a positive direction every day. But I don't have to be perfect and neither do you. No one has mm-hmm. to be. <laughs> okay. Okay, girl. I mean, Stephanie, you're hitting every area that I struggle with. <laughs> so perfectionism <laughs> in a good way. I love, I love it. I love it in a good way. <laughs> but, um, perfectionism was always an issue for me because I often found myself rejected by man. And when I say that, I mean like in just friendships Mm -hmm. and, and, and desiring romantic relationships, you know, you know, both areas just really struggle to be like fit in. And as a result, my way of gaining control from that was trying to be perfect in every area mm-hmm. that I could, mm-hmm. you know, and not saying we are, I'm not saying I ever reached perfection. I can't do that, but I sure mm-hmm. enough tried. I sure enough tried when it came to school and academics. I sure enough tried when it came to like how I appeared to people. So how yeah. I dressed, I sure enough tried when it came to me trying to be this bubbly girl who never had any issues and like was the fun person that anybody can come to for help. Like, no, Brian never had any issues. I always tried to uphold this, um, like a part, of, part of it was who I was. Exactly. A part of it was me, but I would say a facade as well. And God really had to break that down out of me. He's like, Briah, like you can't live mm-hmm. on like this. You're never going to reach perfection. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are saved and sanctified and a new creation, but it's continuous sanctification process. You won't reach perfection until I come back mm-hmm. to get you. <laughs> and you to come to my kingdom, my new kingdom of heaven and earth. And so... Even I still today realize I'm not seeking perfection, but man, oh man, those patterns come through in my work habits. And so like, I'll work myself to death, yeah. <laughs> honestly. Mm-hmm. And I, and God in this season is like, Brian, I want to take you places and elevate you, but you can't bring those terrible mm-hmm. habits that come from the root of perfection that I already took out mm-hmm. of you. So now I got to kill the remnants uh, from that disgusting, you know, root Mm -hmm. of perfection that you don't walk in anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I just appreciate your ministry. I appreciate your, your mindset and your wisdom that you hold, because I know not only I, but many of our listeners out there may struggle with this area of being perfect and trying to serve man and, and be everything that man wants us to be, but we are not called to, to please man. We're we're called to please Mm -hmm. the Lord. And we're not meant to be of this world. We're meant to be completely different (laughs) and set apart, uh, you know, as God's children. So I just, I resonated with the discussion of perfectionism and just the mindset behind it. So thank you for that. I think that it's a a topic that isn't spoken about enough. And I think that we as women um, and men really, but really women have a pretty intense role that that we have over our heads that you know even though it may not be said a lot of us still feel like we're there, supposed to be still that 1950s wife but we also are supposed to also have you know a job and bring in most of the income and take care of retirement and everything else that men were doing before so now it feels like we have this completely unrealistic expectation yeah. of what our our needs and what our what our requirements are and not that we are required to do that realistically speaking but that's still kind of a thing over our heads you know yeah 
Absolutely. And I kind of think um, balance and boundaries go together because I feel like mm. when we find ourselves on extreme ends, either I have to do this, I have to do this, everything needs to be this, um, this way, et cetera, et cetera. I feel like because there's something not in place or in place wrong. Um Absolutely. And that was bad English, but, um, <laughs> so, but I'm thinking about like, you know, so with boundaries, um, so I know for you that you have supported, you know, thousands, thousands of men and women, you know, to achieve their success, but not just like tangible success alone, but also personal success. And I know we've been talking, um, a lot about the internal success, um, of a person, So I wanted to ask you, you know, what are some misconceptions when it comes to boundaries that people might have? Mm -hmm. Um, And what boundaries have you noticed that people either underutilize or misuse in their lives that keep them from moving forward to success? Absolutely. So something that I wanted to touch on first is that we, if we respect ourselves and we see ourselves a specific way, our boundaries and who we are around others and what they expect from us yeah. will be based off of what we see ourselves as. So mm-hmm. what I mean by that is if you see yourself as a nobody that, you know, that doesn't need anything from anybody, but, you know, um, can be walked mm-hmm. all over or uh, you have this view of yourself in a way that doesn't reflect yourself in a way that you feel others should feel, you're going to have, very low mm-hmm. boundaries. Your boundaries will be pretty much non-existent, and the sense of uh, beyond safety or mm. you know the the basic human needs, of course. But I'm saying like you will let people walk all over you, and that's also a part mm. of, of of a self awareness as well as self and core beliefs. Um, it's also going to be about also your self um, your self image. So if you have a view mm. of yourself. And you can choose that today, by the way. You don't have to say, you know what? This has been my view for a long time. I don't think very well of myself. You know, I, I this is what I've wanted, to, what I felt for a very long time, blah, 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 blah. Excuses. Mm-hmm. If you choose today to say, you know what? I am special. God has made me who I am for a reason. I am here on this planet to make a difference. And you know what? I want to be treated that way. And you see yourself that way. Those boundaries will reflect who you want to be. So Mm. when people ask you to do something, you'll evaluate, is that going to be really what I need to be doing as opposed to just catering to each and every person that comes up to you? Because as you become more powerful, as you become what more more of what God has put in your picture and, and some people, you know, some people's goal in this lifetime, it could be just something as simple as I just want a happy life. Well, great. That's wonderful. You still have to have boundaries when you when you want a life that's even as simple as possible. So it's all about how you mm. see yourself that can reflect mm. the boundaries that you want and then start to set the boundaries that you want moving forward with people around you. And that is really hard to do, especially with family members. Mm. Only hard Absolutely. with family members or long-term friends. But the more boundaries that you put up that are logical to you, that make sense, the more people see that you value your time. So they'll value you, your time and you even more. 
So what makes you, what, what do you think makes that difficult for people to do to set up boundaries for family or for friends? Because most people want to uh, please everybody, you know, I mean, I know I was for a very long time, I was a people pleaser. And so I would do anything for everybody and, you know, kill myself basically trying to do it. And, you know, the reality mm. is once I started to see myself as, you know, a, a, a wonderful person who really yeah. wants to make a difference in this lifetime and value my time, I realized, you know what, that's not that's not the person that I want to be. So the reality is, is it's hard to set up those boundaries sometimes, but, and if you're having a hard time as listeners, if you're having a hard time setting those boundaries, I suggest you either talk to a therapist or go to a coach because you can maybe not see where the boundaries are coming in or why certain boundaries yeah. are being broken or however that is, but there's outside perspectives can make a world of difference. That is so good. So powerful. Wow, Stephanie, this was just so dynamic. I expected nothing less. Um, but even if my, my expectation of this could have be like basically perfect, um, this, this was above and beyond. And so Stephanie, I just have so much love for you and just honor you and all that you've accomplished, but all, with, with the Lord. And I say that with you willing to give, you know, your life to him and, and let him write the rest of your story as you continue to write it. And so what a blessing. And so as we close out, based on where you are now in life, what areas have you allowed yourself mm-hmm. some grace? And then please share with us how our listeners can find you. Okay. So God gave us grace for a reason. Uh, yeah. Fellow perfectionists, we all know that you know what, like if you don't have grace for yourself each and every day, all you're going to do is beat yourself up emotionally, of course. Mm -hmm. And I mean, to a point where sometimes you really wonder, you know what, I didn't get everything done. I was supposed to do and everything's not perfect. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have the horriblest day ever. And reality is, is you just didn't get a couple things done and your house isn't as clean as you would like. Right. So grace is what Mm -hmm. you need it to be. And so for me, grace is all about, you know what, I'm going to let God know that I'm not happy about my house not being super clean. So I'll schedule the maid next week. Or, you know, I'm not super happy about how I feel about this one thing. How do I fix it? And, you know, go talk to a coach or a therapist. Um, So grace is needed for me, for myself, every single day from God, 100%. And I ask God for grace every single day. Um, I am far from graceful. I run into stuff all the time. (laughs) Um, Mm, I call it... See, it probably because of my high heels, you know, um, <laughs> but, 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 you know, God gives us grace for a reason and especially perfectionism, perfectionists and people who have a, a massive control, um, situations or issues, you know, having grace for yourself every single day is really kind of a requirement in order to continue to be successful the following day. Mm. Mm. So good. It's definitely so good okay. because, um, as you were talking, I was just thinking, you know, it's really when we try to control literally everything, every area of our lives, then yeah, we'll find ourselves spent. We'll find ourselves exasperated uh, just because we will, we lack trust and we're like in trust in the one that who can really give us some strength um, and who's also the strength in our weaknesses um, and all of our shortcomings and all of our perfectionist mentality or when we're just so overwhelmed and, um, and fearful. And so I'm definitely, uh, blessed by, um, just listening to you. And, uh, I know I'm receiving on this end, 
Briah as well. And so I just thank you, Stephanie, for being such a blessing today. Um, how can our listeners find you? Absolutely. So mm-hmm. I have a website and it is www.stephaniemears.com. And uh, if you want to check out my book or speaking opportunities or coaching opportunities, um, you know, that's a great website to give you a lot of great information about that. Or if you'd like to hear, um, you know, or see podcasts or speaking opportunities, there's a lot of them on there too. Um, and then also, uh, you know, I also have an office in Beverly Hills. So if anybody's interested in um, uh, calling me directly, let me get my number real fast because I don't have that one memorized for some reason because I'm silly like that. You know, it's okay. You're <laughs> a woman of of much That's to right. do. Full productivity there, girl. That's, That's all right. good. <laughs> so my and then my the number they can call me at and my secretary will definitely get back to me as soon as possible is four two four. Four two two zero three zero zero. So if you want to follow up, follow me on um, uh, on the website. Call me or check me out on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. I'm in pretty much every platform. Love it. Oh, Stephanie, thank you so much for blessing mm-hmm. us with your time today, your wisdom, your journey, your testimony. All of it was just so beautiful. And I know that obviously you guys know, we, you know, we're both, Shelly and I were so impacted by the message and we know our listeners are going to take so much from this, uh, so much wisdom to just sit in and marinate on. So thanks again, Stephanie. Thank you so much for having me. And it was wonderful to speak with both of you. We hope that you enjoyed that episode and will continue to make room and space for grace. Make sure to subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. You can connect with us by going to our milkshake account at msha.ke slash space of grace podcast, where you'll find our Instagram, Facebook, website, and ways to listen to space of grace. Don't forget to tune in every Monday. It's going to be dope.